Hey everyone, this is Gavin. Hey everybody, this is Todd. And I'm Craig. Hello and welcome to the Majors Mess Hall podcast, episode 121. We are back. The three main boys are back. That's me, Todd and Craig. Yo. Right, <laughs> so, it's, yeah. so it's, it's, it's been a while since we all obviously spoke. Um, and that is literally, we've explained it before, but we've had like, because everyone's like not working at the moment because of COVID, more people are, are available for interviews. So we've been like hammering the interviews. And Craig does not like doing interviews, so he hasn't been on the last few episodes because we've, to say, literally for quickness, we've done the interview and then done an intro and an outro for that episode with that interview. So, again, rather than bother Craig at like two o'clock in the morning to jump on and do an intro with us, we've just done it and no, he doesn't give a fuck anyway. So, um, but we are back now to do an intro and an outro for another interview we, we me and Kelly did a few weeks back um, with a an actress singer called Bettina Devon. Um, really, really funny woman. We had such a, a, a wonderful chat with her. Um, she's been in a few, few movies, uh, theatre productions, and she does uh, acting coaching now, and she's based out in California. And like I say, she's just a, a, a wonderful woman, and uh, we had such a fun chat with her. So we've got that coming up. But before we get into that, Craig, how have you been? Hi. That's it. Just fine. We haven't spoke to you for about six weeks. Hello? Nothing's huh? happened, so I'm all right. What? Nothing's happened, so I'm all right. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ, mate. No. What's up with you? Repeating myself. Well, I couldn't hear you. Anyway, how's work? How's, how are you getting on in the hospital at the moment? I'm actually off for three weeks. Is that because of the holiday? Yeah. Yeah. So when when do you go back to work then? Uh, week after... Oh, okay. So obviously, it's my second well, my second week just ended. That must be depressing, knowing that right now you should be tanning yourself in uh, Turkey. Well, partially, but it hasn't really bothered me all the end. So, it's, you know, she's working from home, and I've just been just lounging around really, which I don't mind doing. Yeah, and it's it's also just good to get away from work. Yeah. Yeah, true enough, so, especially yeah. what's going on. So, <clears throat> but uh, we've 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 rebooked the holiday again for October. Fucking okay, now, third time lucky. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> First time like, it got cancelled because I can't wait to get the freaking holiday over with. <laughs> <laughs> like first time it got cancelled because the travel company went bust. And then it got rebooked of another company, and then obviously COVID happened, so it's got cancelled for that. Well, rebooked again now, but. Jesus, uh, it's just depressing because I was hoping to come home this year as well for a visit, and that's obviously not happening now either. So everything's just up in the air at the moment, and it's fucking annoying. Craig, what are your thoughts on um, 
every every week at eight o'clock uh, UK time. Every Thursday it is. I think it's Thursday that everybody goes outside their house, houses to clap for the NHS. Now, just for people that don't know, the NHS is a national health service, and they definitely do deserve applauding because what they're doing is obviously amazing. Um, they are heroes, and um, you know I take my hat off to them for everything that they do, and that's worldwide. It's not just in the UK. Um, it was ni- the f- This is my opinion. The first time they did it was really nice, and it made the headline news. It was so heartwarming to see, like everybody coming outside to applaud uh, all the frontline workers. Then they decided they want to do it every week, and it's like, mm, okay, it kind of takes away from how special it was the first time you done it. But fair enough, you know, it's mo- it's all about morale, so let's do it. And then I noticed that like people are treating it like a social event now. So they'll come outside in the street, clap for a minute, and then stand outside in groups, you know, closer than six feet and start having conversations with each other. And it's like, that's fucking, why would you do that? We're supposed to be keeping away from each other. And the one that really gets me is that the hospitals, including the one Craig works in, at eight o'clock every Thursday, Every fucking staff member that can't, that's able to, walks outside the building and stands fucking like sardines next to each other, clapping. Just fucking standing yeah. there. Cla- what Some the fuck? They're all fucking, they're all breathing the same air. They're all standing next to each other. If anybody's got it, it's going to get fucking passed on. So they go outside and, and get contaminated yes. and then go back inside. Yes, to take the... it back in the hospital with them and fucking right. spread it around to everyone. And there's people from the, there's people on the fucking street that weren't even in the hospital that are walking around with their fucking dogs and stuff in the crowd, joining in with everyone that weren't even in the building. So it, it's unbelievable how stupid people are. It's the ridiculous. First, the first couple of times that, that happened uh, outside the hospital, there was, there was a DJ playing music and all that shit. And a fucking crying. DJ? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like someone's playing music while they were fucking clapping. house house party going on with the COVID house party. Yeah, Jesus well, Christ! Like, <laughs> yeah, apparently they stopped. That that got stopped because it was just an excuse for uh, for everyone just to fucking probably dance and God knows what. It's it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's other. Oh, there's the three the three countries worst for deaths at the moment: U.S., U.K., Italy. It, you, like fucking learn from it, man. Stay away from each other. That's ridiculous, that gathering yeah. like that. And they're fucking hospital workers. They're the people we need to stay well. We don't. We can't right. do with the fucking hospital workers getting sick. Well, there's some states here that they've had spikes going up, and one of the causes of the spikes is they're forcing nursing homes to take patients back that are like, say, someone in a nursing home fell down, got hurt, and they send them to the hospital. They've tested positive for COVID-19, and then they're, I guess good enough to go back to the, to the nursing facility so they send them back to the nursing, nursing facility while they're COVID-19 positive and they're <laughs> forcing these nursing facilities to take them back so it's like so that's one of the most you know vulnerable uh, situations that you could have and you're taking a sick person and put it be like if you had a fucking box of dynamite and you throw a match inside of it yeah how, how smart is that but it's unbelievable it's just you know, not not every state does that, but there's been three states that have done that, and they've had a big spike in cases and deaths, and then they're like, oh, I don't know what's causing this, because people are opening up businesses, and it's like, it has nothing to do with the business, it, it, all the deaths are happening inside the nursing facilities, because you're taking people that are frail to begin with, yeah, and you're introducing this super virus to them, and they can't fight it off. Yeah, it's just so it's crazy. like, you know, have a bit of fucking common sense. Yeah, exactly. 
So well, there's, a, there's a place here as well, that, like it's called Northwood, and it's Craig knows the people I'm talking about, but Mabel and Frank, who are yeah, kind of like my wife's auntie and uncle. They're not, but they pretty much are. Um, she actually, Mabel, helped raise um, Dina and his sister when they were babies. So anyway, so they're obviously close relatives of ours, and, and they are in this building, this Northwood facility, which is like a, a care home, but it's not all it's not all a care facility. So there's basically two towers, and then there's like a middle section. The middle section is like where people need care, and that is the worst infected area in Nova Scotia. Is in that there? The tower blocks on the side where Mabel and Frank are aren't too. I don't think there's anyone that's infected in their tower, which is obviously good. Um, but we're obviously really worried because they're not allowed to leave. They're basically on. They they are on hardcore lockdown because of it, and. The amount of infected people is it's it's lower than a thousand. It, this is in Nova Scotia. It's lower than a thousand, but it's nine hundred and something. But that includes people that have gotten better, and also includes people that have passed as well. And um, the total number of people that have passed as of Tuesday this week—I can't remember what fucking day it is now. We're on Friday. As of yesterday, I think it was was fifty-three deaths, but forty—I think it was forty-one of those deaths was from Northwood. The rest have just been scattered throughout the province. Like, but that's how fucking bad it is in there. That's, that's how many people... Now, right. don't get me wrong. These are people that are... They're not in the best of health anyway. Like, some of them were dying anyway. Um, and obviously, this didn't help. And they did pass pass from it. But still, like, it's just unbelievable how, like, one care facility is just fucking taking such a hit. And, well, it could have uh, been avoided by not introducing it to the facility. Yeah. Or if someone gets sick, you quarantine them yeah, that's what I mean. You know, so it's like but loads of staff members got it as well. Like it's just fucking spread. Like it just crazy, right. crazy, unbelievable. Yeah, because you got a nurse's aide that's bouncing around to multiple patients if they're exposed to one, and yeah. obviously they're supposed to be smart and using like the disposable gowns. But if you know it gets late and they get lazy and they think, yeah, they don't, they weren't coughing on me. Yeah. And then they go to another room. Next thing you know, one person's got it. Five people have it. Twenty people have it. So it's like you know. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's just unbelievable. Anyway, moving on from COVID, we haven't asked you how you are, Todd. So how, how have you been? I've I've been all right. I've been hanging in there, still working, still uh, have haven't been going to the gym because the gyms are still closed. So that's depressing, but understandable. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, other than that, the kids are good, wife is good, so uh, everything's going good. Excellent. Same with me, pretty much. My hours have been cut and work, not massively, but you know enough for it to make a difference. And uh, you know, I'm not complaining about it. It's we'll be okay. You know, it is what it is. But yeah, it's a little bit annoying. Um, that's until August, and then it's supposed to go back to normal in August for us. But we'll see. You know, you never never know. They might, uh, you know, prolong it. Who knows? But you know, like I say, we've just got to get on with things. We're making the best of it, and uh, here we are. Is uh, Dina able to work from home? Where yes, she does she, her job. She so. is. Yeah, she's working from home. Her pay hasn't been affected. Actually, she she was given a pay rise because she's a manager now. So, uh, oh, awesome. so that that's kind of helped us out. You know, with me losing some money because she's kind of making it back up. So, it's not too bad. Um, but yeah, it's just difficult because she's got to work from home and the kids obviously aren't in school. So, and it's a nightmare having a three year old and a five year old trying to keep them entertained when dad's at work. Obviously, when when, I, when I'm in, it's not too bad because they're with me. But um, right. yeah, it's just fucking nightmare. 
Yeah, it'd be hard to work and keep a three-year-old and a five-year-old entertained. Well, while if you're they fight, you know what I mean. Like that. It's, I mean, your kids right. are probably the same. They fight, and it's like, oh yeah, trying to get them to stop. It's hard when because they, they're bored. You know, they, they've done this now for weeks, and they're bored. They want to. They want to go and see their friends, and they want to go out, and they want to see you know their nanny and grand, grandpa, and yeah, just shitty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And on that, and on that note, let's go through to our interview. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's, so let's brighten the situation. Yeah, so we will go through to our interview. Just going to give Craig the heads up uh, for after the interview. We do. There we go. He's opened the can, and that is excellent news because we do have a story time with Craig coming up. So which he didn't know about till now. So um, and that's popular demand. People are asking for it to be brought back. So we've got it. Uh, got it in the form of a poem this week, Craig. So anyway, let's uh, let's go through to uh, our interview with Bettina Davin. This is Ricky from the Sunnyvale Trailer Park. You're listening to Majors Mess Hall. Hi. Hi, Bettina. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? connect to my computer but it didn't that's okay it's on my phone oh technology it can be so frustrating oh please yes where are you are you in nova scotia yes i'm in nova scotia but as you can tell i'm not canadian i'm from the uk originally yeah i can tell and uh, we also we also have kelly on the line and kelly is she's from the uk as well and that's where she's recording from right now she's in the uk hi bettina uh, where are Hi. you in the UK? Um, I'm in Liverpool in the UK. Oh, you're in Liverpool? Yeah. Oh, how yeah. are things there? Okay, it's actually, we've had quite good weather, but we're obviously in lockdown, as you guys are, so we're just getting by. <laughs> yep, exactly. Well, I'm glad you have some good weather. That's unusual. <laughs> yeah, it is very much so. You get like two weeks of summer in the UK, and that's it. Two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> this is really unusual. Yeah, <laughs> I I understand. I know. I know. I'm so happy to meet you guys. Yeah, this is this is wonderful. It's really awesome. Like we've been we've been reading up on you and and doing a little bit of research, and you've done so much stuff. Um, there's there's a lot there for us to get through. Um, like you know some of your movie roles and stuff, and um. You're just all your acting, and it's so diverse as well. Like you play so many different characters. I mean, That's like, my thing. yeah, like so. So what? Like, normally, like an actor's. Well, I mean, you do get people that can play all kinds of characters, like yourself. But normally, an actor's normally they they stick to one thing. But you do all that stuff. Like, how how do you do that? Like, is is that difficult to get into each role when they're so different? Well, it it was born of necessity because. Um, as an aging white woman actress, um, you know, things just get pared down, opportunities get pared down to almost nothing. Um, I mean, it's hard enough, <laughs> you know, to be <laughs> yeah. an actor. And, and I mean, you know, I, I shouldn't probably say this for public display, but because someone's going to steal it. But I've had this idea... <laughs> to do like some sort of sketch thing titled old white ladies there's still hope because (laughs) that's how i feel i mean i am not afraid to be ugly i mean like you you saw my regular pictures with my pearls and my 
bob and my red lipstick and stuff like you know you kind of can see my normal look is the bob but um i'm not afraid to be you know play all those other things and i actually i age myself because ironically <laughs> for my age i don't look i have kind of good skin on my face don't yeah. let's not talk about the rest forget the rest <laughs> but, um, <laughs> oh my god my cuts my cuts are a thing of the past my arm cuts they're just bye-bye but um <laughs> okay that's what my god invented sleeves um but i um i do age myself quite off i have like wigs are us at my house and i i just kind of tr accentuate my own lines and make them more obvious and you know like i'll thin out my lips i'll make my red my nose look red you know just to age myself i do a lot of but see a lot of ladies my age just aren't ready to do that i mean i'm talking about actors, actors. yeah 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 i mean my god my regular friends who are not actors that would never happen <laughs> <laughs> they're they're keeping the Botox industry alive. I mean, <laughs> sometimes you can go too far with the Botox, so you have to keep it up, or it doesn't it doesn't um, look know. right after a while. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a... you know, I, do you guys ever watch um uh, six, uh not sixty minutes guest news hour? Do you have access to that? I've heard of it. Yeah, haven't seen it though. So I can't think of the gal's name who's been anchoring it forever she's fabulous fabulous she's you know seasoned she's probably my age or older and i keep thinking okay you're sheltered in place how are you getting that botox because i know she is, <laughs> I know she is. <laughs> well that's like my auntie my auntie's had botox and i say had she still has it now and her forehead doesn't move anymore <laughs> so she makes the same yep. expression all the time and she thinks yeah. no one can tell them. It's so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <That's really funny. laughs> but just to, to go back to your question to answer about besides the exterior and the wigs and the wrinkles and the makeup and stuff that I do to age myself or change myself, like I have played, you know, maybe you saw some of like homeless people, I'll black out my teeth, you know. Yeah. But I will tell you that help doing the exterior helps helps you i mean it helps you fit into the the insides of the character um i mean i can certainly do it without but it helps to have yeah, that if I can you imagine see yourself so. looking like that you know it's like oh gosh i can't remember that very famous actor he was one of the most famous after talkie started and um talk movies and uh he he always said he got the character through the shoes that was his in <laughs> ah, wow i can't think of his last name right now he's very 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 famous um long gone obviously but you know as far as the other acting portion of how do i find my way into these characters um I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I think I was kind of. I came out of the womb with, you know, mimicry in my genes, and um, 
my G E N E S. I wasn't allowed to wear the other kind of thing. But um, I think, you know, I was always a mimic. And there's a, there's a big piece that I find as an actor and as a teacher that I try to share with my students. It's like empathy. It's like put yourself in the skin of the other of the person you're trying to create. So if you're playing a, 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 an evil person, I play a lot of evil evil people, which is hilarious because I'm the nicest person on the planet. But <laughs> um, I, I, just, I just play a lot of them, and um, you can't go into a, an evil character by thinking you're bad because evil people don't think that way. Yeah, or true, a murderer, yeah. or someone who's you know disturbed or uh, schizophrenic or what whatever they don't think. Oh, I'm I'm messed up. I'm bad. I'm evil. I like it. They feel there's a reason why they go after what they go after, and you have to dig into that. If it's if it's a great if it's a great writer you get to work with, they will help you with that with their writing. But often, as actors, when we get auditions, you know, we get, I, are you guys both, I mean, I don't know how, what business you're in besides doing this. Well, well, I mean, we both have day jobs and stuff, but we've, we've done, like, we, we met in college, so we went to perform in art school together. So we've done, we both oh. sing, we both, we've both done acting in the past. And this is why we were both looking forward to talking to you, actually, because we know that you, you do coaching as well. And we kind of yeah. did some of that in college, and it was terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. so we've been looking forward to talking to you about our experiences as well. So, yeah. Well, so you at least though you you know you did whether the training was bad. That's one thing, but um, you know you're you're sort of familiar with some of the ideas about how you you know acting and how you find yeah. characters. Yes. But, yeah. Um, it's like. You have to be empathetic to the person you are applying. You have to, and I guess I already, I, I am that way. I always was that way as a kid. So that part comes easily to me as far as conveying that and sharing that with my students. I, I have to nudge some of them to be a little bit more empathetic and not judge the characters they're playing and say oh well she's really a biatch or something and <laughs> no you can't think that way you can't do it because then then you then it just becomes inorganic and pretty dead you know yes. and not to mention cliche and lacking any kind of individuality or uniqueness as far as the performance you know well, some of the, yeah some of the best actors in the world are method actors aren't they so so that kind of ties yeah. into what you're what you're trying to teach what, when you're coaching. Yeah. Yes, it does. I just, and I go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to mention your. Um, you, you mentioned that you like to play villains, um, and I was just going to mention your role in um, Doggy Boogie because the costume oh. you mentioned costumes as well. The costume was amazing, and it just looked like a really fun role to play, even though it was the villain. It looked really fun. Oh. It was so much fun. I mean, if you could see me right now. By the way, I want you to know I washed my hair for the interview. 
um, today. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I love that. I love that movie. I love doing it. Um, I obviously. Well, did you see the whole movie? Yes. Yeah. You did. Oh my gosh! Because I didn't know it was available. That's great. Um, yeah, I was able to get it on Amazon Prime over here. That's really great to know. I didn't know it was still <laughs> available. I had no idea. Yeah. A lot of students that would like to see it, and I've been telling them I didn't think you could get it anymore. So that's great. But it was so much fun. To, and that was um, one of my first, um, not the first. I'm trying to remember the sequence of that. And um, if I, because also in the full picture, well, Doggy Boogie was written and directed by Romanus Walter. And it was his first big feature. And, um, would you believe I found out about the audition on Craigslist? Oh, wow. No way. Uh, yep, no kidding. And this is something else I pre... I mean, I could talk to you guys for hours, so let's do this again. But um, <laughs> I, I preach to my students, you know, just you can't, you can't count on agents and managers. They're great, but I've always been super proactive. I just had to be because um, I didn't ever have the like top-notch reps that took over my career, that kind of thing. So yeah. I just say, look at all the avenues, you know, for the opportunity. So so the doggy boogie thing um, came about through me scrolling through Craigslist. And uh, um, it was a very grueling audition process. It went on and on and on. <laughs> and if Romanus, if Romanus is listening to the, if he gets to listen to this, he's going to laugh very hard where he is in Florida. <laughs> um, it, really, it was painful, but I just knew that I was right for that role. And it really <laughs> upped my confidence a lot to play, play that type of character. And um, so, again, like the full picture with, with John Bowden wrote and directed that. I, did you guys see that, the the step, the uh, mother-in-law that keeps clicking the camera? No, didn't, did I didn't see, see that, that no, no. Oh, you should watch the movie. It's wonderful. Um, it's really great. It was all shot in San Francisco. And um, I played another not very nice gal. And... Um, um, I think I must have learned from Doggy Boogie the value of silence when you're playing a scary or threatening or evil person. Um, how you, you, you take those moments and it's about lasering, laser focusing your intention. And you guys know that term in acting, right? Yes. Intentions. So it's a, and the camera doesn't know how to lie. So if all you do is think the intention, like to threaten, you don't have to do anything with your face. You just think it and the camera will be scared. I mean, it will be frightened, you know? Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> and I really got to do that. And Doggy Boogie, the full picture, um, I shot um, something a couple years ago it hasn't come out yet, called The Gray Area, written by Kamika Beaudry and um, produced by Eric Shapiro. 
And, um, oh, my gosh, I play a very evil person in that. And <laughs> it's about the silences. It's about the silences. That's what's powerful. And I didn't know that until late later in life. I mean, I'm a total late bloomer. I don't know if you read my bio on my site, but that's, that's <laughs> yeah, we've been line. we've been reading up. <laughs> I'm a late. I noticed bloomer, when I did read so... your. Sorry, yeah. go on. No, that's the line. I'm a late bloomer. I'm still waiting for boobs. <laughs> 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 well, I was going to say, I was saying that when I did actually read your bio, I noticed that you started off as a classical singer, and then you, yeah, you went mean, on to yeah. transition into jazz. I was, I was really impressed yeah. with that. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to take singing lessons till I was like 15 or almost 16. They didn't let me. At that time, I was like, oh, I don't know. Some, you, I don't know. The thinking was you were too young. I don't believe that anymore because I teach a lot of younger people. I just don't believe that. But my initial training was was classical, and it was um, bel canto, which is the basis of any kind of good, legit singing, whether you use it for opera or Broadway or whatever, and healthy singing. But I was singing Italian art songs and things like that and KV wow. exercises and things. And so um, when I, I, it was around that time, I was in high school, and uh, uh, that was when Funny came out with Streisand. And up to then, I had been imitating Julie Andrews big time. She affected my voice <laughs> big time. But then I went from Julie Andrews to like... Um, a Dion Warwick, um, and then I, I, and then Streisand came along, and um, I was imitating her, and I happened to have a kind of a similar, similar type voice, similar range, definitely. Um, so it was kind of easy for me to learn by imitating her, finding the sound. So I learned "I'm the Greatest Star" from Butch um, Magic, Funny Girl, and. We had my singing teacher, my parents had my singing teacher over for dinner, and I really wanted to do that number for her, but I was terrified, because it was, had nothing to do with what she was teaching me, nothing. It was all belting, and I thought, oh my God, she's going to hate it, oh my God, you know, it's wrong, and I did it really well, and um, I just remember, I tell this story all the time. My dad and I drove her back to her home, and we walked her up the stairs, and she, I get a lump in my throat every time I tell this story. She turned around, oh. and she looked at my dad, sorry, and she said, she's got it. And um, she basically told my dad that I had a future. And I was afraid that by singing Broadway style that I was going to get a, you know, a licking from her. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that's when I started changing. You know, I got into Broadway. And then my first manager in San Diego that I met, um, I won a, a singing a talent contest there. And I was doing a Stray Fan song. She did Minute Waltz. 
And I did that, which is a real fast, funny, recitative thing. I think I have it on my YouTube thing, I, some performance I did of it. And, um, and I did it Am I Blue or something. And I won the contest, and the prize was three months headlining at the top jazz, um, the top, top jazz spot in San Diego, California. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. And yeah, and I was not quite out of college, and my manager at the time, Tony McKetty, um, introduced me to the American Songbook and Ella Fitzgerald and all of that. And um, that, I think, now, you know, it's weird. I've never thought about it. I'm pretty sure that's what pulled me into jazz. Well, she's an amazing and, uh, singer, definitely. Oh, and um, and then my Tony, my manager at the time, hired this. Little did I understand, I wasn't even out of college yet. Maybe I was twenty-two, maybe twenty-one. I don't remember. Um, she hired this world-class trio um, to, to back me for the club. It was the uh, the Catamaran. It's still there, hotel. And um, uh, the bass player was Bob Magnuson, who had just gotten off the road with Sarah Vaughn. And I didn't know, I was so young, I had no idea that not all musicians were this good. I didn't, I had no idea. So I got a lot of training from them because they were all super, you know, I mean, seasoned, seasoned musicians. And um, so that's kind of what pulled me into the jazz thing. Well, I've been singing since I was like 14, and I'm 35 now, and I, I feel like I'm only just now f- like finding my voice, like comfortably finding where I where my range is and everything. I just feel like now, I mean, I've always been able to sing, but now I feel like I've finally got it, and <laughs> it's taken that long, but yeah. Good for you. That's, that's exciting. Who cares when it, when you got it? Yeah, it's because like, I listen back to the old recordings and I'm like, oh, that's the. I wouldn't if if this was now, I wouldn't have sang it like that. And like, you just you just kind of learn to adapt, basically, and you just find you have to find yourself. If that makes sense. It sounds a little bit cheesy, but you really do have to find yourself when it comes to singing. You do. You absolutely do. And did you find it yourself? Yes, I. I've never. When I was, I used to be in a pop band, like a vocal harmony group, years ago, and. Uh, we had a few singing lessons because some of the members weren't quite as advanced as others. And um, we had a couple of singing lessons, but we I was never one of the ones that really needed them. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of just self-taught, really. And then, like, listening to some of my idols, you know, mu- different musicians and things, I kind of would listen to how they would, you know, uh, tackle a song and learn from that. And that's how it's always been for me. So, like, I'm just curious, who are some of your idols as far as Vocally speaking, vocally people like um, Boys to Men, um, uh, Luther Vandross was another one. Stevie Wonder, Lionel Richie, the Backstreet Boys, even like. um, Okay, well, no wonder then. No wonder you were able to find it through them. Yeah, that's kind of how it was. You know, healthy singer. Yes. Basically, yeah, and you'd you just rather than just listen to the track and go, I'm going to sing that. I'd listen to how they would sing it, but then I'd also understand that their voice is not my voice, so I have to find my way of singing that style, and uh, and then just the way they tackle different lines, like you know, the, with the 
the way they would uh, the vibrato and things like that you just learn from the way they do it that's that's literally how i've always uh, you know you sing from your diaphragm and i've always done that i've always yeah i've just never needed singing lessons i've always managed okay I mean, this you haven't heard me yeah. sing yet. I'll have to send you a little clip later on after the interview so you can hear, but... Oh, Because I'm, I'm like, I'm bigging myself that. up and you haven't heard, so... <laughs> I would love to hear it. Yeah, I'll have to send you a little yeah. clip. But Ke- Kelly will have to do the same as well because she's got a lovely voice as well. Oh, God, I'd love to hear both of you. Yes, and by the way, Stevie is one of my all-time favorites. All-time favorites. Oh, yeah, he's incredible. Um, so amazing and um it sounds it seems so effortless for him but but the the finding your way to the voice through imitating someone else is really good as long as it's healthy as long as it's healthy yeah we'll see for the longest time it wasn't because i when i was a kid 14 15 years old i was screeching out the songs and i wasn't doing my vocal vocals any favors because i'm trying to hit high notes that i just couldn't hit my voice is only just broken and i'm trying to go back up again and it just wasn't working for me, so. Yeah, it wouldn't work for a lot of people. So, <laughs> Kelly, and Kelly, do you, what do you like to sing? Um, I'm more R&B kind of pop. So, Alicia Keys is My probably favorite. the one that I would <laughs> <laughs> sing a lot of her songs. <laughs> Alicia Keys, And I do Keys, a bit yeah. of Adele. Yeah, Alicia Keys and Adele, mainly. Oh, God, I, I don't understand people who don't like R&B they can't be my friend I don't know <laughs> that's my, my favourite yeah definitely <laughs> I'm not so, as confident I, as Gavin though <laughs> but I will tell you speaking of Adele um, when she first came out with Rolling in the Deep um, I was teaching a bunch of little kids oh gosh when was that eight nine years ago I don't remember I was teaching uh, some like after school classes to a bunch of kids. And I, I love that I teach a lot of different ages because then it, I'm, I'm never going to be an old lady because I'm going to kind of know what's going on. <laughs> and um, so they brought, I said, bring in whatever song you want to work on. They had like 10 kids, mostly girls. Well, just about every single one brought in Rolling in the Deep because it had just come out. And so that's how I got you know, introduced to Adele. And then, of course, I followed a lot of stuff that she did after that, but I knew that she was going to have problems. I knew it. I mean, it, you know, you could hear it. So it's, I don't know what, what's happening with her right now. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on. It's been a while now, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. She does yeah. that, though. She goes away and then she comes back. And then she goes away and comes back again, so. Yeah. Yeah, probably well, drop an album anyway. in a few years. <laughs> but yeah, but she, you know, I maybe hopefully she got a hold of somebody who can help her not, um, you know, kind of injure herself the way what, with what she was doing. I mean, it sounded glorious. Who didn't yeah. love? You know, come on, it's fabulous. But you pay a price. Yeah, you pay a price. That that's actually happened to one of the Backstreet Boys as well, Brian Luttrell. I can't remember the name of the disorder that he's got now, but he he struggles big time with his voice. Like I know that you you've, you you uh, suffer with something as well. Again, I can't remember the name. I apologise. But Brian Brian has to have like therapy to get him through because they go they do huge the Backstreet Boys do huge tours and it's such a strain on his voice. But um, 
I mean, he, he make, like I say, he makes it work with the, with the therapies and stuff. So if you don't mind me asking, what is the name of the dis- disorder that you've you've suffered with? The thing that I had, the, the why I don't drink anymore, you mean? That yeah, thing? yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's called spasmodic dysphonia, but those of us in the hood that have it, just call it SD. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I got to tell you, so I got diagnosed, I don't know, 14, 15 years ago. I don't remember. And as you can imagine, it was devastating for yeah. me. It was everything. It was not only my performing, but my teaching, my voiceovers, because I used to do a lot of character voices, a lot of kids' voices. I can still kind of do kids' voices, but different. Um, um, but I, I freaked. You know, um, and I pretty much, I don't know if I, if it was a year I went into a depression, I just didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, that's, this is all I've ever been trained for, acting and singing. I know nothing else. And um, it was pretty scary, you know. Um, yeah. And, but the, but the, the light at the end of that tunnel is that I have clearly, or you wouldn't have even called me for an interview i have triumphed over it um i am still working i'm knocking on wood again i am i am working i can't sing anymore i mean i haven't tried frankly i mean i you know i sing a little when i'm teaching but i can't really demonstrate like i used to um because my middle that blendy place that i'm sure both of you guys know it's the chest and the head blend that's the thing that is no no more okay and um yeah, I mean, I don't know if you heard any of the cuts on my my album, Dangerous Type. I think it's on, I don't know where it is. It's all Spotify or something like that. But you can hear that my forte was that middle, and it's the same. It's the stuff I learned by imitating Streisand, to be honest. Yeah. And it wasn't so much the belting, but the the middle that she's so good at, and uh, so I can't do that anymore. But I, because of my singing training, I have fared a lot better than a lot of people that I've met over the years that have all these, it's called dystonias, dysphonias. Um, there are lots of different versions of them, lots of them. Um, I mean, I'm working with a lovely person right now who has a different kind and she, it, it like her voice is very high. You know, that's what happened uh, okay. to her. She used to sound like me. She used to, I heard, and she played me a recording of her before this happened. So there are lots of different kinds of it. But I think because of my singing training, um, it's really stood me in better stead than a lot of people. Um, I have to think about how I speak. I have to slow down. I didn't used to speak this deliberately. It's talk like this, like everybody's driving in New York, you're like... But I think I'm from New York now, so I talk really fast. <laughs> but um, uh, I had to make myself slow down because on a bad day, like, I, uh, I, so it's yeah. like a miss. So it's like I, I do the best, Kate. I do the best, Kate. You because she, she actually had a sexual tremor. She had a head tremor, and I now have that too. Thank you very much. So, um, 
I have. I know it's because of my singing stuff that I'm able to do better than a lot of people that have that. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to really sing again. I. I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. Who knows? You. You. You might. You know. One day it might just completely settle. They seem. They seem to. Not, there seems to be like not a lot of information about some of these disorders. Like I find. So there's not like maybe. There isn't. Yeah. No, it's, it's been the thing that I have has been on medical, uh, ABC's Medical Mysteries, and um, I don't know if you guys saw the movie Us with Lupita Nyong'o. Um, I don't think so. From no. uh, she uh, she played two characters in the movie. It was one was like the evil version of the other, and she actually trained with. Um, vocal therapists who deal with SD to get that sound because it's a very identifiable sound it's very like I know it like oh, who's that other wonderful singer country singer she ha- she got it she's kind of back now but she had a surgery not um oh, I can't think of her name she's Shania Twain oh yeah 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 she her career was stopped by it too but she had some kind of surgery so she, she's back singing, um, but she can't. She has to be very careful about. She has to warm up for like an hour or two before she does any singing, and so who knows, you know. So you mentioned your coaching. Um, so on our first day of college in performing arts, to get the class comfortable, we all had to line up next to each other in a big long line, and then we had to roll on top of each other. So we would feel comfortable and confident. I'm just wondering, do you have any sort of techniques to make new students at ease? I don't do that. If I am working, <laughs> no. that's, that's. I mean, if it's kids, I think it's okay. I think adults might have a problem with that. Just orthopedically speaking. It was weird. But, it was um, the weirdest was. thing ever. Like, this is what we're talking about. It was, our experience was so strange. Why would you ask people to lie down who are all different body shapes and sizes? You know, and this is like when you're in your late teens, early 20s, you know, you're very body conscious and you have to roll across each other. It's the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> oh you just wouldn't get away with it now as well. Because it's like, you know, you, as you're rolling, your hands are touching places on people's bodies. You really shouldn't be touching. You know, it was, it was so strange. based on this training because it sounds like it's good comedy material <laughs> it is i remember one time um they all asked us to go and make put put a few dance moves together and i did one because i've been watching um nsync and britney spears in concert so i'd i'd stolen a few of their moves <laughs> and then um, the teacher pulls me aside in front of everybody and says oh somebody thinks they're janet jackson <laughs> and i did not know what to do so oh. there's a lot of <laughs> There's a lot of funny that's stories awful. to tell. Yeah, that's what that's what it was like though. You couldn't ex- you couldn't express yourself. They said this is the same. They used to say things like that to me because I would we would do some improv and and they'd give you a you know this is the scenario acted out and I used to try and be funny all the time and I I took a lot of my inspiration from Chandler from Friends and I'd be trying to act out and I'd be trying to act kind of how he acts in this and I remember the teacher took me outside and said. 
um, you're showing off and I don't appreciate it. What you're doing is you, you're trying to make people laugh. And I'm like, well, yeah, I was. That's the whole purpose of it. I was trying to do a comedy skit. Yeah, he, put, he pulled me to one side and told me I had to stop. Yeah? It's terrible. <laughs> The more you tell me, I think it feels like a comedy thing. Except I think it may have already been done with the TV show Barry. I think it's Barry uh, Henry Winkler, the the Fonz. He plays like the worst acting teacher ever. I think it's Barry. Yeah, it's Barry. <laughs> um, and, you know, I've had many teachers like that. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. I, I, I had more more supportive teachers, you know. But as far as keeping people or getting people comfy. You know the best thing is improv. It's just there's yeah. no there's no substitute because it takes people out of their head, and they you 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 know whether it's kids or adults you do the game. I'm not I've never been like a super big improv person. I wish I had taken more improv um, because it always terrified me because I thought that you had to be be like politically brilliant to do improv, and I've I'm only recently since you know who started uh, being on Twitter every day, I um, I have only recently gotten political very late in life. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I, um, but I, I always thought, oh my God, I have to be like really currently aware to do improv. And I, I have the wrong idea completely. And um, so I... I took a few classes in L.A. when I was living there. Lived there off and on for over 20 years. Um, but I didn't, it wasn't my strong suit, let's put it that way. I, I'm really great. Give me a script and I can interpret it. I'm really good at that. But the improv thing just freaked me out. So I have a dear friend. I have to call him out here. Daniel Will Harris. He's a brilliant writer. Improv. He had his own improv troupe. He can sing. He's oh my god. He's got it coming out. He's a designer. He's amazing. <laughs> so for years, when when I first met him, he said you should come play with us in the improv group. I said no, Daniel Will. No, no, I'm terrified. I can't do it. I can't do improv. No, I can't do it. And he said he looked at me. He said you're so Latina. You don't even realize you already are doing it. You do it every day. Look, I'm doing it with you right now on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just listening and just listening and then continuing the story and, yep. you know, not trying to be funny or trying to be politically whatever, acute. So once he made me aware of that, it really started changing how I went to commercial auditions. A lot of commercial auditions are often, you know, comics. They want you to be funny. And I, that's when I started booking a lot more commercial stuff. I just went, oh, okay. I just get to be me then. I, that's what he was telling me. Just be me. And yeah. that's when I started booking more. So for my classes, improv is a great way to loosen up people that are haven't had training before or they're shy or they're too much in their head you know it's it's great you can just do games all kinds of improv games yeah so fun uh, i, re I, I really wish we could that we could sit in one of your classes i did just listening to you talk about <laughs> it sound, it sounds so fascinating why can't you <laughs> maybe one day oh, I'm, no why can't you i'm 
don't we do it on WhatsApp? We or should. Whatever we need to use. I yeah, use all over the world. I used um, WhatsApp. Um, what's the other one I use? That's, I mean, I'm using Zoom, of course. I mean, I'm using Zoom all over the world. Um, uh, FaceTime, I, I use in Australia. Um, well, there's no reason why we can't. We should, we should do that sometime because we have another host as well called Todd and Todd loves to play different characters. He's got like all these different <laughs> characters he uses and stuff. And I know that he would also love to uh, to to talk to you. Actually, he was upset that he couldn't today because he had to work, unfortunately. But um, no, we should we should try and set something up because it would be it would be so fascinating. Hello, it's 2020. We can do this now. So um, we, we yeah, there's no reason why we can't do it. I would love to work with you guys. How much fun would that be? <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love that. Well, I mean, you're not. I, you probably have other things. What time is it where you are? It is, well, it's not too late where I am, but it's, it's uh, well, it's five to nine where I am. And yeah. it is nearly one o'clock in the morning where Kelly is, I think. It's quite oh late my there. God, Kelly. Yeah. Kelly, you have to go. <laughs> I don't have to go. You have to go. No, I get to go get, have a cocktail now. So. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. It's too early. I cannot start until six or I'm, or I'm, Nope, I will not let myself start till <laughs> <laughs> Just drink on Nova Scotia time and you're fine. <laughs> I cannot tell you. I know it's been really I'm wonderful talking to you. I loved it. I, I was like, oh God, I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but I'm thrilled. I would do it again anytime. And okay, let's get your, get your bud and um, let's do a class. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. 100%. I loved it. So fun. Thank you so much. Thank you oh, very thank much. Thank you Patina. very much. You have a nice evening. Enjoy your you cocktail. Too. Oh, I always do. I always do. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Major's Mess Hall. This is Jim Leahy. Randy, come over here. We're talking to Major's Mess Hall. And they're sort of... Frig off, Major's Mess Hall. No, no, there is. Frig off. I want to go for a cheeseburger. Randy, just... Piss yourself, bud. Randy, come back. Randy, fuck off. Give me a drink, buddy. You're listening to the Major's Mess Hall podcast. Right, Craig. Are you uh, ready for a little bit of story time? Hurry up. Huh? Huh? Hurry up. What? Or oh, fucking gaps. Story time with Craig. What? Are you there? Yeah, just okay. getting ready. Right. <laughs> it's situated. Ready for hell. Okay. <laughs> poem is called Tiny Tiger. Tiny Tiger, what's your wish? To swim in the sea with the great big fish. Tiny Tiger, who's your mum? Her name is Sandra and she drinks rum. Tiny Tiger, who's your dad? My dad is dead and I am glad. Tiny tiger, what do you love? A little black box and a small white dove. 
Tiny Tiger, what's your back? My girlfriend is, but she's on the rag. <laughs> Tiny Tiger, do you like trance? It's okay, but I like to dance. Tiny Tiger, where's your teeth? In a jar next to my friend Keith. Tiny Tiger, what you asking? That you keep me away from Carol fucking Baskin. <laughs> Story time with Craig. Sound advice. <laughs> what was all about? It's just it. It's just a poem that touches on you know what's uh, popular at the moment. Have you not seen Tiger King still? No. Well, that's who Carol Baskin is. Did you think that was touching on who your mum is? Because your mum's called Carol. No, I've never thought of that. <laughs> okay because my mother's name's Carol as well. <laughs> right, have you got have we got any topics to talk about Todd? What like I, you know I'm quite unprepared for this to be honest. I do have some questions from the listeners but I was thinking about saving those for next time. So I don't know. Uh jeez, I don't know. I mean, uh do we have any upcoming shit to plug like any upcoming uh interviews or any upcoming well, we don't have a a pub crawl this year thanks to the fucking <laughs> shut down of the world so I mean do we have anything on the agenda um, well we do have a couple of interviews coming up we've got a couple we've got two uh, that are coming up which we can talk about very briefly um, we've had them on before actually Sherry Curry's coming back on to talk to us because she's got a new album out and Mike Peters the lead singer of The Alarm uh, he's been on before as well it's probably the, the most interesting guest I've ever spoke to um, just his life's just amazing he's coming back on to talk to us because he's got a new album as well um, I think he did have a tour schedule, but I think it's been rescheduled, so I'll be talking to him about that. That's in a few weeks. So if anyone has any questions for either of those two artists, please let us know, and I will ask you questions. Um, as for other guests, there is some. I don't like to mention them until there's arranged right, times. Right, they actually have them. Yeah, like these these have been prearranged with their publicist, so it's fine to, uh, to mention them, you know. But um, all the ones that we've kind of got planned aren't in stone yet, so... I don't want to get it jinxed, so... Right. That's understandable. Exactly. Um, what else? What else? Well, I mean, we do obviously want to do, you know, some sort of a meet-up. And the second that this is all figured out and we're allowed to travel again safely, we will do a meet-up. You know, Todd will come over and... Oh, absolutely. Bertie was on about coming coming over to uh, Nova Scotia from Newfoundland. Um, obviously, Craig's not coming. But, yeah, it's uh, coming up in July, so make sure everybody get there in July to be there for the big meetup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's fantastic. He's coming on. Bertie's going to come on. To some, like We're recording again tomorrow, so he'll be on the next episode with us. Um, have a little catch-up with Bertie, see how he's been getting on with the lockdown business. Um, yeah, I think like, he's been doing a lot of singing, at least. He's been sharing a lot of singing videos. Okay, now, man. Craig, have you got any singing videos from him? Um, I don't know. I mean, I went on. I actually went on um, Facebook Messenger last night, which I'd never go on. I mean, he he left me like something, but I I, got, I deleted it because I don't watch anything he sent me. <laughs> he uh, he sent me and Todd like eleven songs. Like when I say songs, I mean videos of him singing other people's songs the other day, and 
I think it got to like the 10th song and I just went, Bertie, like, please stop, I'm at work. I can't l- watch any of this. And he's like, watch it later. And I was like, I will, but stop sending them. And he goes, well, I've only got one more. And I was like, fine, send it. So he sent me the last one. I haven't watched any of them. It's just him singing to country songs. And he fucking Todd doesn't even like country. Right. Pointless. <laughs> he did send me a, a joke, which uh, was kind of cute. He said, what, what do you call an American bee? And I said, I don't know. And like two days later, he responds, a USB. <laughs> That's definitely one he's made of himself. Which I thought was cute and funny, and I saw the humor to it. I wrote back, ah, oh, ha, ha. Like, it did make me chuckle for a second. <laughs> Just because of the simplicity of it, it was like, oh, I don't know why I didn't think of USB. But at the same time, it's like, okay. Like, that's the kind of things that Bertie brightens my days with. So. <laughs> Just to give you a kind of an idea. Yeah. Oh, God. He's a character. Do we have anything in the works for uh, the, the uh, what is it? <laughs> Bless you. To get to the point with uh, uh, Elroy McNeil, or yeah, okay. So we we have talked about this, and and I would like to work on something. Maybe maybe we could like if we want if you want we can work on something tomorrow if you want. Okay. Figure something into tomorrow's recording, and um, so we did talk about bringing it back because the last time, obviously, people that might not know is that we do a sketch comedy that's like uh, improv. Basically, we just come up with a little bit of an idea and go with it. It's a fake radio station. Um, and the DJ is called Elroy McNeil, and the show itself we call Get to the Point, and um, it's just funny. Some of the st- stuff we've done is really, we're really quite proud of it. Really, it's quite funny stuff. And the last time we we had it, we dealt with it. It was uh, he, <laughs> his car got blew up by a small person. Um, <laughs> so yes. so it's it's like kind of like the aftermath of that. But he he, he was calling this the small person midget and stuff on air, and. Uh, We've we've basically decided that he's been suspended from that now. So um, because it's been a while, we figured maybe that suspension had been lifted now, so he could come back and he's back on the air. And that's the reason why we haven't done it for a while because obviously there was repercussions to what he'd said. And right, yeah, it's so an FCC ban. So yeah, yeah and we, we we just figured we we could we could touch on this like this COVID thing as well and and see how some funny stuff we could do with that and uh, try and put a little bit of humour into someone everybody's day and. Yeah, so we'll do, we'll try, work on something tomorrow. We'll have a think between now and then, and uh, okay. we'll work on something tomorrow. I want to see if we can get another story time for Craig ready as well, um, just because it's been a while, Craig. You know, and p- p- the listeners aren't happy that you haven't been on. We've had some complaints, so um, I figured he's the backbone. He's the heart and the soul of the, of the podcast. So yeah. So uh, to bring something up though, I, I saw on on Facebook. Craig was busy doing some DIY projects around the house, putting some chairs together and such for uh, Leanne. So you you become like a regular Bob Vila, Craig. You're 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 doing some home improvement stuff and and putting IKEA together and all that. We got a, we got a, some, uh, chairs and a table for the back garden. Leanne was struggling with uh, some of the nails in the chairs. She's getting like really pissed off, so I grabbed, I grabbed one of the chairs and just relaxedly did one of them, and it was done. <laughs> I love that it took her to get frustrated before he went fucking. I'll give it here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be all honest, like if Heather buys something, 
and it's her idea, and she's like, oh, I think this would be a great idea. I look at her and say, okay, we'll have fun with that. And it's only until she, like, gets frustrated with putting it together do I say, would you like some help with that? Because, again, I look at it like it's her idea. She initiated it. So why am I going to be the fool to be like, oh, geez, well, let me give you a hand and do that for you. Because then all that's going to do is she's just going to buy more shit that I'm going to have to put together. Yeah. So See, yeah. With, with me and Dina, it's like it, I, I can't focus on the instructions. So I'll look at something and go, fuck it, I'll just build it. But if I build it without looking at the instructions, there's like six pieces left over at the end of it. And I'm like, I don't know where that's supposed to go on this. So so what I do is, like, she instantly says, you're, you're doing it. So I say, okay, well, you're fucking helping me then. You're going you're gonna to tell me what I've got to do, and I'll do it. So she sits there with the instructions and says, okay, this is the piece you need, and I'll go and get that piece in there. So we do it together. So she, like, points out what I need, and I just, like, oh, screw it in together and stuff. So I fucking hate doing it, though. The worst one yet has been that the kids have got a playhouse outside, and I did that with my father-in-law. And working with him's headache enough as it is because he likes to do things his way. And, you know, he won't... He also makes me do everything. So, like, which, again, he's, he's doing it because he wants me to learn, so it's fine. But I'm like, just fucking put the screw in, man. I don't need to do every screw. <laughs> so that was the worst one yet. But And the dollhouse, she's got a dollhouse upstairs. That was fucking hard work as well. So many yeah, pieces. I've found that most kids' toys and, and like, kids' playhouses and, like, um, jungle gems, swing sets, things like that, they never really fit together. Like, you, there's to a point where you just got to be like... Well, I got to force this to line up. It's either going to break or it's going to go together, and it's going to look fine. It's—I don't know who designs that shit, but it's never easy. No. And no, I don't not. know if they just do that so that you pay extra for when you the place that you buy it that you hire them to come out and assemble it for you, and it's a way for them to make money. But I'm stubborn. I'd rather sit there and beat the shit out of it for four hours, and then oh, yeah. at the end of it, have it look a little shitty. Yeah, exactly. To pay extra to have a professional do it. Well, I was like, with, the, with the, the, how, the dollhouse, I was like, we did the dollhouse and it was fine. And it was only at the end I realized that every screw we put in had a colored head on it that was supposed to go on a certain section that was of one color. So, like, you know, like, the, there might be, like, the bedroom is, like, you know, the bedroom of the dollhouse is pink. So that required the pink-headed screws to go in that bit. And I just fucking put black ones in because I wasn't paying attention. And I was so, I just wanted to unscrew it all and put them in the right place. And I was like, oh, fuck, I can't now. It's, I'm too far into it. So it's, it's fine, but it's the wrong color fucking screws. Pink screws well, on the fucking roof and, yeah, it's all fucked. Yeah, I'd, I'd get some model paint and some Q-tips and I'd be painting the screw heads to match the fucking walls. Yeah. yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, if you can hear music playing, it's the cunt next door. Now, some, <laughs> some of you, you guys might know this because I've been quite vocal about it on Facebook, but the old man next door, and he is old, he's about 60 fucking six, has decided to take up drumming. I don't know why, but he's terrible at it. It's definitely a live drum kit because all he hear is... Like, it's just all he does is drum rolls. And then he'll stick on Brian Adams and play along to Brian Adams. But because drums are so deafening, he turns Brian Adams up really loud and starts playing along. And he's, he keeps doing it. But the thing is, I get on really well with him. Like he's, I mean, I'm, making, I'm joking about him now, but like he's actually a nice guy for, for what it's worth. Like I've not had an issue with him before. Um, he's pleasant. You know, we, we exchange words and stuff. You know, we're polite with each other. And, you know, we're like... We're putting the fence up at some point in the summer, and I'm hoping he's going to go halves with me. But I know that if I fucking address this, he's probably going to be like "fuck you," which is fine. I'll I don't, I'll pay for it, like. But you know, it's going to be his fence too. I feel like he should pay for some of it. So 
I don't know what to do, but he keeps playing fucking music loud. And if I do the edit on this podcast and I hear that coming through, I'm going to be so fucking pissed that I can hear that in the background of my podcast. It's going to fucking piss me off. So well, I haven't heard it, though. I think you're fine. I'm waiting. Into, see, I'm, we're attached. I live in a semi, so like I'm attached to another house, and they are totally fine. I get on re- even better with them. They're really nice people. And uh, they can hear his music. So it's coming through our house, going into their house. They can fucking feel it as well. It's unbelievable. Wow. Like, turn the fucking music down. What the fuck are you doing? It's 66 years old. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I could see if you, like, lived out in the middle of nowhere or if there's certain times of day. Yes. Like, like, if you looked at the neighbors and say, oh, you work days? Okay, so, well, you're at work between this hour and this hour. Since I'm, like, old and retired, I'll do it at this time. But I've seen posts where it's, like, 11, 12 o'clock at night, and you're, like, fucking knobhead still at it yeah <laughs> and it's like why why would you be like on a wednesday night one o'clock in the morning pounding the fucking skins obviously people around your work yeah well that's what i mean like so. and, and and like it's you know it, charlie woke up the other night and i don't like that like that's not right my kids should be able to sleep and not be disturbed and if they're disturbed it's because i've made a fucking noise because it's my house and i don't want someone right. else making fucking noise outside and you know some people have said to me like uh, oh you know maybe he's not dealing well with COVID but, and this is his way of dealing with it well maybe I'm not fucking dealing well with COVID maybe it's affecting me as well and maybe right. I don't want to fuck maybe that's stressing me out having to listen to that I'm already having a bad enough time as it is with COVID that having him playing Brian Adams you know a fucking which ironically is is one of his albums I think was called Waking the Neighbours fucking hell <laughs> it, it, it just pisses me off like, like turn the fucking music off you don't know how to play too old anyway so I don't know what you're fucking doing playing the drums at 66 years old. You know, take up golf. Do you know what I mean? Do something else. Go go and hunt. Well, Just... maybe he used to have a, you know, like when he was young, maybe he had a drum set and it was a dream of his, but yet he got in a pickle so he had to sell the drum kit to, like, pay for an abortion or something. <laughs> so, so that, and he never got good at it. So now all these years later, he's got all this extra money and all this time on his hand due to COVID and he's like, I'm just going to buy a drum kit and live out my childhood dream of being a drummer. Like, I mean, yeah, that shit happens. But at the same time... I think he's owned a drum kit for quite some time. And it's sat there gathering dust. And now it's just him and his wife live there because his kids have moved out. He's decided, because of COVID, and he's stuck in. Although I think he's still working, but, you know, more time in his hands. He's thought, I know, I'll dig the, the drum kit out. And he's dug the drum kit out, and now he's playing it. And when I see him... I am going to have to say to him, your music is too loud. You keep, you, like, it's it's really loud, and our neighbours can hear it as well. So can you try and turn it down a little bit? Because it's ridiculous. But I just don't, I know that when I ask him, even though I'll do it in a polite way, it's going to cause a little bit of friction between us then, because I've had to have words, and I don't really want to do that, because, you know, it's not, I have to live next door to him. I don't want to, I don't want him to think, oh, the fucking English guy next door is complaining. But, like, I mean, it's coming through the walls. I can't have that. Right. Well, those so. are situations, the conversation you don't want to have. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, there's a guy I work with, and I've known him from working at another job years ago, and his hygiene is not always the best. And keep in mind, I work in a huge distribution warehouse. It's full of beer, and we ride around on these big pallet jacks, and we grab cases of beer, put them on a pallet, wrap them, and, and distribute them to grocery stores and bars and, and restaurants just to give you a little bit of backstory. So this guy comes to work recently, stinking the fucking high heaven. 
to the point that if you're in a hundred thousand square foot facility and you can smell somebody 20 feet away that's a problem yeah <laughs> so I, I thought well you know i'll just deal with it uh you know but it got to the point where you can taste it uh, and fuck. and it makes your eyes burn and your nose run craig used to be like so that i went up to my boss <laughs> and i said something to him and i felt bad but it's like dude somebody something has to be said so then the boss says something to him and he comes in the next night and he makes a point to tell everybody i know i'm not always the freshest daisy and i don't always smell the best but at least i don't smell as bad as this other guy and i'm sitting there thinking now first of all you're aware of your stench because you're acknowledging that you're aware of it so why don't you do something fucking about it without having to be told by the boss you have to do something about it and second of all the other guy that he complained about i've, I've never had an issue with like i've I've been close to this guy, and I've never been like, "Oh Jesus Christ, I got to get away." But this guy, like, and it's it's, and it's a it's aroma that it's impossible. It's like if you took a can of kerosene, took a shit in it, and then dropped in it like a dead mouse. That's what this guy <laughs> smells like. Well, and it's like know. I don't even know how the fuck you could smell that bad, and because he's married, he's got like three kids. I don't know how one of them can't look at him and be like, Dad, you're going to work. Could you, like, I don't know, put on some deodorant before you leave the house because you're embarrassing? Yeah. So it's like, uh, but again, it's uh, you, you put yourself in these situations where you, you're forced to have these conversations that you don't want to have, but it's like, I shouldn't have to fucking live like that and have to deal with that. So it's like you with this guy, like, you're going to be forced to have this conversation, but again, he should be smart enough to know not to play drums out late at night and wake up the neighbors. Because yeah. you can get these things for drum kits. They're like uh, pads that go on the top of the drum heads. So you can still play the drums and it muffles the sound so that you can still do it in like a, you know, because if you live in like apartment buildings, people that have drum kits and want to practice, they make it so that you can play and not disturb your neighbors and have them complain. So it, there's things out there like that, but it sounds like he just doesn't give a fuck and he's just going to crank it up and have his live <clears throat> concert everybody's just gonna have to deal with it honestly i think that like is he's, he's 66 his hearing probably isn't as good as it used to be so he probably doesn't realize how loud he's playing and, right uh, I, I knowing him as little as i do know him i would say he's he definitely doesn't realize that it's coming through because he's not like that you know what i mean he's not he right. i would imagine that when i tell him he's probably gonna be like oh i'm so sorry then i'll feel like a prick you know what I mean? Because I'd rather, <laughs> right. I almost rather he fucking challenged me. I was like, really? It's not, it can't be that loud. You know, challenge me a little bit for them to say, no, trust me, it's fucking loud. If you want me to send a video over to you, I will. Or find me on Facebook and you can watch my live. You know what I mean? Like, you'll fucking hear it that way. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. I just know he's, he's going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll turn it down and I'll just feel terrible. But Right, it's worse when they're like apologetic about it because then you feel like the ass for having an issue about it. But yeah. it's, it's a legitimate issue. Yes, but it's all like you say. You feel bad because then they're like, "Oh, geez, I was, I didn't even think about it. I'm sorry." And then you're like, "Oh, it's okay." But then you got to be the prick and be like, "That's okay. Just don't let it happen again." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you put them in a situation where you're like, "Well, fuck you. I'll play my drums. I don't care." So it's well, that, it's just yeah. awkward because like you tell him, oh, you know, it's loud, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, I'll turn it down." And then like my response back to that would be something like. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm sorry to bring it up, but like it's been, you know, it's been going on for a while now, and then it's it's just a case of yeah, okay, you've told me, I'm gonna fucking turn it down. You know what I mean? It, right. It, but but it has been a while. It's not just one night. It, this has been going on for weeks now. 
you know, it's not. I I only complained about it on Facebook the other day. It's not the first time he's done it. Jeez, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to anyone unless it was like deafeningly loud. Um, you know, I always give people the benefits of the doubt the first few times, but this is like, it's going on past eleven o'clock, and I thought, well, I know for a fact the cutoff used to be eleven p.m. here, but now it's like four p.m. in the, in the afternoon. They've they've changed it, so he is now in violation of uh, noise pollution. So. I actually am well within my rights to call the police now and have them come out and talk to him, which, again, I'd rather talk to myself first because I'm not a backstabber like that. I'd rather talk to his face um, right. and tell him to stop, and then if he carries on, well, then I would do something about it. But I'd also tell him, like, if it carries on, I'll be bringing the police in. So, anyway, I've complained enough. This episode has run its course. We will wrap <laughs> it up now, but we'll be back again tomorrow to record again for the following episode. So, um, Was that a burp, Craig? Yep. Thanks for taking part. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, yeah, we'll call it a night now. And uh, excellent. <sighs> See you for the next one, Craig. Yeah, that's right. Sit up again, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just fucking lies down to record the podcast. Unbelievable. I'm actually sitting in the front room. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was just me sitting up on the couch. Excellent. All right, I'm yeah. lounging in bed, so we're all good. <laughs> okay. Right, guys, we'll talk tomorrow then, same time. Alrighty. Uh, Bye. 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 Bye.